All right, guys, here we are. We're back. And Mike Cernovich, and we have a very special guest, very relative, too. So introduce yourself. It's Alexander Cortez. Alexander Juan Antonio Cortez, formerly known as Ajax on Twitter. Where formerly. I'm now uh, excommunicado after being banned permanently at 70,000 followers. Now, why were you banned? What tweet got you? The tweet, the, the one specifically, so I had caused a ruckus over... Uh, Beautiful women, aposematism, gamers. But the one that got me banned, that actually did legitimately get me banned, it was the castrate pedophiles tweet. So it, was, it wasn't actually a tweet per se. It was a quote. It was a, uh, re, a quote tweet, which uh, something to the effect of, can pedophiles change? They can't. Some article, I said castration can, period. Okay. That was it. And that was the one that got reported, and that was the one that got me kicked off the platform. That, I mean, you would think that you would think in a post Epstein era, they wouldn't clip you for that one. Right. I <laughs> thought just kind of how Harvey Weinstein, me too, changed everything. And you would think that that wouldn't be the one they would just for the optics of it, like get you for the one on, you know, you think a beautiful woman has long hair, mm -hmm. get you for that. People be like, well, I mean, that's not really misogyny, misogyny okay. but I kind of feel it. You mm -hmm. know, I, I get it at least. You're like, no, no, no. You're, you're banned for advocating quote-unquote, violence against a group of pedophiles. Like, okay. Well, because the T I, I got the message from the TOS. They didn't, they, you know, it just keeps spinning back the same thing, hateful mm -hmm. conduct. But under the TOS, Term Service Agreement, sexual orientation, pedophilia is a technically, I suppose, a sexual orientation. So that makes them a protected class on Twitter. And you're not allowed to speak about violence against pedophiles. You can get suspended kicked off for that. I'm not the first one to have that happen to. But I definitely am probably the biggest account that's ever happened right. to. The optics of that are just terrible. For them. I mean, if I were advising them on strategy, I'm like, if you want to get this guy, that's not the one you're going to get him on. No, yeah. like, I, this, I had better things to get me on. Yeah, yeah, exactly. There's other, you know, there's, he, he gave you his head over here. Take his head for that one. Mm -hmm. Versus, oh, no, now he can say he got banned for attacking pedophiles. That's the company brand. I, I think that's really catastrophic on their part, quite, quite frankly. I, I think that was a bad move. It's going to be divisionary since I was pretty well connected on Twitter mm -hmm. in regards to the Twitter network. And I know the number of people that were tweeting about it reached something like 2,000 mm -hmm. tweets. It was not like a small thing. And now they're going to have that permit staying like, well, why did Ajax get kicked off? Right. Well, you said pedophiles, uh, you know, you can't have violence against pedophiles. So don't speak about that, guys. Yeah. Stay away from them. And you were well liked because you were primarily lifestyle. You didn't, fly like you, lifestyle weren't like, you weren't yelling Trump stuff or no. you weren't a, a political person. You're primarily, you know, going to the gym, taking care of yourself. Well, that's one of the interesting things about it is just that uh, Alexander's account, I never viewed it as a right-wing account or a left-wing account or even a political account. I mean, it was a, maybe you're part of the manosphere, you know, mm -hmm. um, whatever that is. But, um, you know, I mean, you are, you're, you're doing lifestyle advice. Hey, how do you live a better life? Well, you go, you get fit, you take care of yourself, you eat healthy. I mean, most of your content was really about bettering yourself as a man. Yeah, 95% of it was. It, it's that 5% that gets you in trouble. Mm -hmm. and you can, I know that probably going to the 220 election now, and Twitter's already been doing this crackdown for long enough. Any slightly partisan or right-leaning anything, mm -hmm. it's just going to keep making you a target, keep making you a target. And I don't know that anyone's really immune to it at this point. They, if they're going to take out my account, which is, by all accounts, basically a, pretty benign a, basically account. a fitness account yeah. for 80% of it, God only knows what they're going to do in 2020. That's going to be a bloodbath. Yeah. Yeah, There's. I mean, they're sending a message out for sure, which is that anybody who's viewed as kind of conservative, even though you're not viewed that way, I don't, 
I don't think I've, we've known each other for years. I don't know that we've ever talked politics. No. Now, now that I think about it, we just nope. talked always bro shit. Yeah. And, <laughs> but, but I guess the way they view it now is if they, they see like a guy who's like jacked and good looking, they assume that you're right wing, which says more about them than anything else, right? They, they assume that if you're physically fit, then you must be a Trump supporter and therefore you must be targeted. I've seen those articles pop up on the feed occasionally. I never know if they're satire or not. It'd be something to the effects of, you know, is your is your cis hetero white boyfriend lifting weights? Well, he might be a Trump supporter. Mm-hmm. You know, so that they're they're trying to co-brand that, but that's also a horrible branding method. Where is is your is the people are, are the men you know in shape and jacked and they care about their body? Oh, they must be conservative. I, right. I don't think it's really that sticky, but but yeah. What, what's that say about the other side? Side right. Yeah. It's, it's where you. You um you lose by winning like yeah, I've we we know how to spot the Trump supporters they actually care about how they look okay <laughs> good congratulations now how did you find out that you had been suspended or whatever they call it from the platform do do you get a a phone call do you get an email or do you just try to log into your account and hey it doesn't work it's very Kafka esque you you go to log into your account and then it just doesn't it doesn't work and you'll okay. have an email saying you've been suspended it's a permanent suspension and you know essentially like don't contact us again. So I tried, I tried appealing a few times. I contacted some people. Um, but as I found out at Twitter HQ, I'm not well liked by any means. So okay. it was not happening. It was not happening. All right. Well, so moving forward. Okay. So what's, uh, you, you, I mean, obviously you have a lot of other stuff going mm-hmm. on besides Twitter, right? You've got a huge email list. You, you mm-hmm. do courses. You've got videos out there. Uh, you, you've got a lot going on. So are you going to lean into another platform? Are you going to become like a TikTok guy? Or, I mean, are you going to go with the Instagram? Or what, what, what are we going to do here? Where, 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 where are people going to find you now? Yeah, I, I don't quite understand what TikTok is, honestly. But, I mean, I had planned for this for a long time. This was not unknown to me since I know I've drawn controversy enough. Um, you always have to have a plan B. Mm-hmm. So you, have to, you always have to be prepared to reinvent yourself. Sure. Obviously, the email list I've built up to, I mean, it's over, that's well over, well over 20,000 people at this point. I've got my whole affiliate network that I have in the background. Right. I've got my larger social network of all the relationships I made. And let me stop you there yeah. real quick. Let's say, you know, guy's watching this and he wants to get on your email list. How, how, do, how do they do that? Uh, Cortez.site. Okay. How, and how are you spelling Cortez? C-O-R-T-E-S. T-E-S. 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 Okay. C-O-R-T-E-S dot com? Dot site. Dot site. Dot site. Dot site. Dot site. Okay. Got it. So that's how you get on his email list. Yeah. Sorry to interrupt. But. Oh, no, that's fine. That's the best place to find me. Um, I'll have to, I've seen, I'm not going to lie and be like, oh, are you happy you lost your Twitter account? No, I liked having a Twitter account. Are you sure? Yeah, of course, we, we all do. But I always was better suited for video anyway. And I, I, t- I told myself- You are very photogenic. I, I mean, much like Mike and I, you, you thank know, you. And especially well, myself, you. you know, I go out of the house and people are like, there's Brad Pitt. No, it's just Mike. But yeah. I told myself years ago when I started my own brand, like I'm going to get on YouTube and I'm going to build my brand. There. Usually that for fitness, especially okay. for health, lifestyle, that's the thing to do. I went with Twitter for a long time because Twitter was easy. I have okay. immense writing capability. I can spit out tweets very rapid fire. But in a way, and I said this on my newsletter yesterday, like it made me very lazy. Twitter trains you to think short term. You're always reacting to the immediate. I see. It's not a long term platform that way. It's not long term mindset. Because you're not creating very visual content like you would on no. a, on a YouTube or something. You're so not doing it, the long. It's form. less permanent. It's, yeah, it's, it, yeah, it's, 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 permanent. it's it's less permanent. And I mean, I think how many books? You know, I'm a year behind in one of my books because I tweet so much, right? And Twitter, it. Because it's such direct feedback, though, and it is valuable. That's the, mm-hmm. that's the thing that gets me, too, is it, you're not wasting your time if you become prominent on Twitter because you, you really do open a lot of doors you wouldn't otherwise open. But if you look at the ROI of tweeting relative to writing a book or venture capital or something else, you're like, okay, this is maybe not the most efficient 
way to spend your time. But it's hard to be on Twitter. Uh, I think Peter Thiel answered this in a question once. They go, why aren't you on Twitter? He said, well, I found out that you, you have to kind of be on there all the time if yes. you want to get good at Twitter. Mm-hmm. You do. You do. And you know, the, the short life cycle of a tweet is maybe like 12 hours. Yeah. Maybe 24 hours. Yeah, you know, or something like, you know, like YouTube videos or you know, even, even IG posts, but I'll emphasize YouTube. The few times I've made those videos, I view everything like digital real estate's a property. Sure. Especially. You can create a video one time that can get 100,000, 200,000 views. Oh, convert, and it goes on for yeah, years. If you're converting it one or two percent, right. that's sales and sales and sales and sales and sales. Really sales. evergreen content. Yeah, sure. but like, that actually requires you to plan out and have a strategy, content strategy, and, and yeah. do that kind of work. With this versus tweeting, you can just open up your phone, just say whatever you want about anything. Maybe you have insights that come to you. And you get an immediate effect. It's very And you don't have fire. to edit it too. I no, mean, that's editing. where the lazy thing does very come unfiltered. in is you're not scripting. Like nope. the, these good YouTubers like Tim Poole, he, he does uh, 16 hours a day in his channel because you're just, you're editing and scripting and moving things around. So I think in a way, um, I'll speak for myself only, but I think I'm almost so good at Twitter because I'm kind of lazy and I don't mm-hmm. want to write scripts and edit yeah. things. And, yeah. and, and then I just happen to found the one that rewards a certain level of uh, savantness with Overlapping with laziness. Exactly that. I mean, that, that's why I love Twitter so much. It's it satisfied my natural tendency to just want to sit and be basically be like a big cat. But I could still tweet stuff. Uh, you know, so moving forward, like they can, you guys can find me on my YouTube channel, uh, YouTube Cortez Ajax with an X. Obviously, I have the AJA Cortez IG. Um, and then like the larger affiliate network being part of the war room. I'll be doing mm-hmm. a lot more stuff with them as well. So, yeah, I mean, it, you know, it's a hit in the short term. In the long term, it just gives me opportunity to regrow, the, regrow my business. Yeah, plus with the whole, like I said, the whole network I have now and everything that I've created, I'm sort of like starting like 50 paces ahead of anyone else. Right. You know, if I, if I lost everything, yeah, that would suck. But I didn't lose everything. I just lost an account. Right. So, so okay. So what's your feeling on, and, and it'd be interesting to get Mike's take on this too, but what's your feeling on Instagram yesterday uh, came out and said, we're going to eliminate likes in the United States um, on um, Instagram posts, which... Now there's this huge uproar from influencers, both large influencers and micro influencers, in that Instagram is now going to basically, everyone is the same. There aren't influencers anymore because there aren't likes. What's your take on that? I mean, I don't know enough about it to really comment. The thing that would strike me initially is how, if you run a business through Instagram or you have a business page, mm-hmm. how does it not interfere with you running your business? Yeah, it's, from a legal aspect. If I'm if I'm signing up for a business account, and I have the expectation that I can see the statistics and the insights on these numbers. How is denying me that information? I think you can still that? see it, but the other people, the, the general public, can't see your likes. You uh, can see the likes. Yeah, you can see your own likes, but they're not the the the, the view count, so to speak, mm-hmm. is now. I, I have mixed feelings on that because I came up from like the blog world mm-hmm. and I've had blog posts literally read millions of times. Actually the ones that are most controversial or whatever, actually millions and millions of times have been read and there, but there's no view count and I usually no. have comments closed. So there might not even be comments or there'll be like two comments. So if you went to it, you wouldn't know how many, many people had read it. And why, why do people need to see how many likes this one girl got for her butt, right? What, what value is that actually for, um, Gawkers, third-party people. I don't. I don't need to know how many. If I'm on your thing, I don't need to know how many likes your your picture got, unless right. I want to use it to like covet after you and you know feel jealous. I wish I got you know that many likes, and I can't believe it, and, and I feel bad about. Well, myself. I think Instagram no, feels a, like that's a good point. There's there's a social consensus aspect. Right. To, well, 200 people like this. I'll be the 200 first person. But the blog post, I would not. I have not considered that angle. I, I would imagine it would almost not game the platform, but it would tilt the platform towards. 
you have to be unique. So it's going to tilt it towards sort of like controversy mm-hmm. and then quality at the same time. You're not going to, if you're going to grow a presence on Instagram, you're going to have to really, really, really visually, literally visually stand out. Right. You can't be reliant upon the, the like meter, like sort of driving up, you know, those sort of like those bottom tier people wanting to click in the heart. Well, I do think that Instagram feels like from a business perspective, from, from being an owner of that site, that it will greatly increase engagement because you have a lot of people of all age groups that are reluctant to post uh-huh. because they, they don't want to be judged by how many likes their thing gets, but their buddy gets 50 and they only they'll, get 20. They'll long tail it, right. They'll, so you'll have more people posting more stuff. Yeah. I think the flip side of that is now you're handing over the power. You're taking power away from micro-influencers and influencers and giving it back to McDonald's, Coca-Cola, Microsoft, these and, guys that can well, run. And that's, the big, and that's really what this is about. This is about protecting big brands. It's the same reason when YouTube shook up their like new news algorithm or whatever mm-hmm. they were t- you know, cnn couldn't get anybody to watch their youtube mm-hmm. things and they complained right. long enough so now they buried tim pool and everyone else so now cnn is preferentially treated and that's the thing is <laughs> right. these influencers had a good hustle hey look i get, i can get your i can get ten thousand likes let me have a night in your hotel or write up your hotel or whatever right or, or pimp your your bang energy yeah. drink or exactly. whatever it is. yeah and, and now it'll just be the big brands and there's always been that this is the the war that's always been on the internet a little bit is the internet gave just regular people like us the ability to create an online business that you never could have done before and that ended up taking away business from some of the corporations and the big corporations control everything and they're they're upset so i'm sure they now they're pushing back and they control the ad revenue and everything else and uh so as to whether or not Instagram will increase engagement because now you'll upload pictures because you won't feel ashamed that you only got two likes. I'm reluctant to argue against that logic because I remember when Twitter moved from 140 to 280, everybody's catastrophic. This is the end of Twitter. <laughs> I remember that. You're right? Remember Everybody, that. And, but th- there was a guy, um, Chris Aka, who said, which is obvious in hindsight, is the features people complain about, they, they end up using anyway. Mm-hmm. So I don't. I think that Instagram is probably right. They probably tested. They probably have data that the long tail. So it, it'll hurt the biggest influencers, but the long tail of just regular social media users will increase. Probably the other thing with Twitter when they did increase the 280. The, so the the complaint was like 140 to find the platform for so long, but when it increased to 280, the quality of content actually increased. Because sure. Now you, have, you had that much. You had double the space to write, but now the writing had to be that much better. You couldn't get away with pithy one sentence uh, tweets anymore. And you get in less trouble too. Was I don't think I've ever been in trouble for a 280 character tweet because you're actually able to. Oh, you're elaborate. able to explain uh, your. It was always the short point. ones where you're like one word off. You're like, oh god, I castrate can't believe it. or castrate yeah. them. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Too many. If you would, <laughs> if you'd have typed it out longer. I remember at one point in time, chemical castration was viewed as an option of this. Mm-hmm. Well, then you're, you're fine for that. But if yeah. you're in that old school 140 thing, like everybody knows you're not going to castrate pedophiles, right? That's the, w- one of the aspects of living in modernity that frustrates me so much is just how we pretend. And, and I, we live by lies. Like I remember you'd read Solzhenitsyn. I was like, how would you, the people in the Soviet Union stand for it? And I realized everything we do is a fucking lie. You're not trying to say literally castrate them. Nobody's going to read that and say, oh, nah, I'm, this is what I needed. I need to hear from Ajax. <laughs> this, this was a tipping point. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. need to hear from this workout, yeah. bro, about, yeah, yeah the so, castration we all have of to pedophiles. Pretend, right. We all have to pretend that you were like somehow inciting violence, and it's just mm-hmm. such a lie. 
And that's most of the world. We just live entirely by lies. Yeah. Delusion. Wow. Perpetual state of delusion. But you've done well of diversifying your... Huh. One thing you did that I've always disagreed with you on, and maybe you'll, you'll see the light, is you, you did great on email. Um, blogging, I thought you could have done more permanent blogging. I think that would have helped you. Mike, I think that can you explain email, permanent so. blogging? No, no, that would have. He's yeah. right. He's right. No, so, so, so I, you know, I, I've tried everything now. The, the biggest mistake I ever made in my business was I had a massively popular blog and then I moved into streaming and everything else. Blogging is king. To this day, king. Do very many people read blogs anymore? No. But the people who do are high IQ, people who are, you know, willing to buy, willing, willing to spend. Email is right up there. Email is still great. But what I would notice with you is that you would write like killer emails and the people would get it. But that could be cataloged, and then somebody finds your blog for the first time, and then they go through and you read that whole black, that whole uh, back catalog of material. Well, that, that's the plan moving forward. Since the way I got big in the fitness industry, you might remember this, writing mm -hmm. for Lee FTS, I had something around like 150 published articles, mm -hmm. and that's that's what built my reputation for years and years. And things like 2016, there was some website I was like, "Oh, you're number one trainer in the world." I mean, it's bullshit, but right. you still you still managed to like reach a level of claim. Yeah. Then you know, Twitter killed me though because I got into writing for Twitter. Right. So either write on Twitter or I'd write the really long emails, and I kept having. Uh, you're not the first one telling me that you should publish this on the blog. Right. You know, SEO it up, put it on the blog, add some pictures. Yeah, you're right. I should. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Then you know, two years later, I definitely should have done that. I'm, I'm, but I'm the same way too. Like yeah. I, I've gotten back into blogging more and more. But not nearly what I should have been or mm -hmm. what it could have been. So those who are listening to this for internet advice or whatever is blogging is still king. Don't listen to anybody who tells you otherwise, especially it's a blog that you own. And you can get censored on social media hard, very hard to get censored on a blog. Absent, like you're right. literally saying to kill someone. You're not like mm -hmm. being figurative. You have to, to lose, to, to get a blog banned, you have to be real like... Stuff like I've seen what people got banned for, and it was literally directly inciting violence against people in a very specific way. And blog, yeah, so blogging is, is still king. And the people does that include vlogging is as well as blogging, or are well, you, you only do, talking about blogging? Well, what you could because you take do. somebody like Alexander, he seems like he might be a little bit more. You upload. I don't know. No, interesting. You, you, you in incorporate. You incorporate to the blog itself. You, you upload it onto the blog. That yes. way, you can, you can combine video and you know text essentially mm -hmm. the same thing. You're driving people to same your site. Content. Yeah. Right. You're driving. You're like you're, the idea is you're driving. So if you have, like you know, we've talked about this, and you know, if you have a podcast, you should have each episode podcast ten things you talk about. Mm -hmm. That all get picks up, and then and then people find you for the first time. Because what you have to think about is, I've found websites, and I'm sure you both have. You're like, this is amazing. Wow. Two days later, you're like, what's that website I read? Oh, I don't know. It kind of had an article on this thing. And you're, you know, you're trying to remember it, even though you really loved it. And when you do get people who are brand new and never heard of you, you want to keep them for a couple hours on your site. Mm -hmm. And if you just have a good social media, they scroll for a little bit. That was cute. I like that too. And then they go somewhere else and you're forgotten. I mean, I, I'm sure you've done this on Twitter. There are people whose accounts I read every day religiously. I don't know their names. I'll, I'll try to run a search. I'm like, what the hell is this person's name? I don't, I don't even know. That was a know. really good tweet I read. They said some yeah. really good shit. Who I, is I this don't person? know who they are. Right. But with the website, if it's yourname.com, people are going to remember that. I mean, Tim Ferriss still blogs a four-hour work week. His podcasts still go up, you know, like religiously, the mm -hmm. show notes and the transcripts and everything, because you still want to drive people to your site, and then people join your email list for the website. 
Yeah, I mean, for all you guys listening, since I got this question the way here, there's an online business question. Having a well-designed website, you know, it's like having a well-designed website that's easy to navigate and people like using it, it's such a basic investment that so many people don't do because they get ahead of themselves in the content strategy. Sure. I want to create this and create this and create this and create this. You could do a bunch of things to create traffic, but if someone comes to your sort of like digital house and it's an ugly house, they're not going to want to come back. Yeah. And they, you can always, like, because you know, I've talked to other people about this before is, you can have a really well-designed site, and if you load it up with content, worse comes to worse, you just pay for traffic, right? You just you just buy you know buy target ad. School of Greatness did that. I mean, people forget because people are big and they assume that person's always big. I remember Lewis Howe was nobody, mm -hmm. but you just you could not get away from his ads. I don't know what <laughs> ad spend Mike uh, Chang for a six-pack shortcuts on YouTube. Yeah, another oh, example. Uh, the guy he called himself the real life Batman or something like that. Um, uh, Kino body, Kino body, Ray, Ray Gallagher. Yeah, Ray he was Gallagher. just no, no, nobody. And then they did massive, massive ad spends, but everything they did was like very aesthetically designed to look really good. So a lot of people they miss that. So if you have really great content and it's well designed and things look good and they're very aesthetic, oh, I can't get people to follow me on Twitter. That's fine. Just do a big ad buy. Get a real job. I always tell people get a real job, save your money, and then go buy ten thousand dollars in intelligent ads. And then you get a kickstart. So yeah, Mike Chang was doing six uh, figures in ads. I bet you Lewis Howell School of Greatness was doing six figures in ads. And Kino Body was definitely, and uh, you know, it propped him up for I sure. No, I mean, Greg runs a very successful brand. Yeah, they do now. But yeah, I remember, I remember when their first videos hit, and then people were like, "Man, is he on steroids or not?" That was in the the golden era of YouTube, where <laughs> you could. Now this is called bullying, so you can't do these anymore. Mm -hmm. But you would do these videos like Natty or not. And you'd be like, this guy's a liar, this person's on steroids, what a fraud or whatever. But now things got so soft with the censorship that that's now targeted harassment and bullying. So what you would do is, and it, the Kino Body strategy was so brilliant, was he did a, a video that to guys like us would think was pretty cool, but most would think was like a douchebag, taking a shirt off and the fancy car, the Cobra Tate kind of mm -hmm. thing. And then he runs these video ads, and because he ran the video ads in front of all the fitness channels, Fitness YouTube all talked about it. So then people are doing organic videos. Mm. Oh, who is this guy? Oh, he claims he's doing intermittent fasting, but I don't believe him. And then you got word of mouth, and then you don't need that paid traffic campaign. It's like a, it's like a hybrid approach. So I don't even think those guys probably buy ads anymore. Wow. But up front, they bought a ton of money. Now. So like with you, if you just designed, like you did really great content, sites that look good, everything's clean, you have great videos, then you just you, you want to skip social media. Just do like a big ad buy. That's good advice, Mike. And I, I, I remember the, the golden era of fitness was like probably 013 to maybe 15, 16. But fitness has always been, like you know, this is a vicious circle of people yeah. that don't want to succeed. Yeah, and it, well, the, the beauty of the fitness industry is you always have new people who are coming into the pipeline. But once you reach a certain level, you're like, oh my God, people ask me if milk's a carb. I just, you know, so you, you, you always have a new freshman class coming in. <laughs> the question is how well, long is you a protein, professor? It has carbs and protein. Items. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you, you told me to eat this, but can I really eat this instead? And you know, I is uh, can I do fasted cardio with BCAAs? Is that really fasted? And you can only read that stuff so often before you like lose your mind, it, but there's always a new freshman class. So if you have the patience to be a professor and, and educate them, then you're doing well. But the golden age too was, it was more like anything goes. People like Clint Darden lost his YouTube channel because 
he would talk about like his steroid cycles. Yeah. yeah, and at the time that was just like normal. Nobody saw. That's why when people talk about political censorship, I'm like, well, I mean, that I saw this censorship happen. Mm-hmm. He just had. He said, here's how much Masteron I run, and I'm not telling you to run it. I'm in Cyprus. It's all legal. So every he wasn't even breaking the law. Nope. They killed this overnight. Nuked it. Yeah. And I watched his channel every every day religiously. Nuked it. I remember. So he had. 50,000, 60,000. Millions of views. Yeah, he had yeah. a lot. He had a lot of people. Yeah. And it that was, was gone. Yeah, just and killed overnight. And if, but if he had, and then people don't know how to find him. But if he had a blog yeah. and every blog post blog included website. a video, then you're like, oh, I'll go check out the blog or at least know who he is. So at least you have your email account. There's a lot of people don't even know to, to, to have an email thing, Cortez.site, where they can go to. Mm-hmm. So you, they can still find you. Yeah. So you've lost distribution in a sense. But I think you'll actually do better because you'll curate higher value products and you'll think, okay, I don't want to do well, every setback is a step forward. And and he's the kind of guy that would he's going to respond to that correctly, where many don't. There's that, but the the losers, yeah, this is not for losers listening and you know, think they're going to start like a big brand of their dorks and you know, everything else. This is about people who really want to know, know how this works and. You can sell $40 ebooks, which is nice, but when you lose distribution like Twitter, now you're like, well, I'm, I probably have people who do 10,000 for intensive stuff. So then you start to think, well, how can I create the higher value stuff mm-hmm. for people? And then you find out you're working less. Um, this is the thing, you know, I did a whole podcast on this actually, which is the thing everybody tells you and you never believe is just charge more. And you, or just charge something. Mm-hmm. If you want to read my blog, prices. give me a dollar. Because if you charge somebody a dollar, you eliminate 99% of the haters and negativity overnight because they're not going to even spend a dollar. Right. And then focusing on the, the higher value products is what you do. So I think you'll, your income will, short term will take a hit, but I think it'll be better in the long term for you. Alex, I, know, I have zero doubt. I mean, even I remember when I first started selling stuff there and it was like $20, $30. And then I, I tripled, tripled everything, like 60, 70, 80, 100. Mm-hmm. And sales just went up yeah. you know, at the same level. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, yeah, short term, yeah. Long term, this will work out. Yeah. Well, it gives you a chance to sit back, too, and evaluate your business. And, I mean, we have this in the real estate business all the time. You know, laws change, things change, markets change, financing changes, prices change, you know. And, and when those things happen, it does close down one channel. You know, like right now, I'm throttling back my... Uh, fix and flip business because mm. the price of real estate we make money fixing and flipping houses when prices are moving up or moving down one or the other but when they flatline like they are right now prices mm. really aren't moving right now they're not going down but they're really not going up and so it gets harder and harder because the the spread between what you can buy and what you can you know sell it for starts to compress because the market is flat and so we're having to pull back and that's been a good profit generator for us for several years. Now we're having to reevaluate that whole business. So you get that same thing. And you know, the interesting thing is as soon as we pulled back from that, it was almost like a week or two later, my partner and I were like, Hey, you know what? Maybe we should lean into this a little bit more, you know, cause we're really making a lot of money on this. And, you know, and I like that idea that Mike said where you can go and kind of reevaluate your product offerings and maybe, you know, sell one deal for ten grand instead of a whole bunch of deals for you know thirty to get to that ten. Grand. It, it forces a level up. Like I said, Twitter just kill, it kills you the short the short term modality since everything mm-hmm. was always so immediate. And I, I had all these plans at one time, like I'm going to design this at this level that I didn't do because I could just tweet. 
Yeah. But now I can't tweet. So I've actually, I've gotten more done probably the past four days than I've gotten done. <laughs> right. And people on Twitter do buy. So they do buy. You, you release a new buy. book and you're selling. Wow, I just tweet, 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 sold tweet, 10, tweet. 20 books right now. That's yeah. pretty cool. Right. Why would you? The incentive is for you to stay there and keep doing mm-hmm. that and mm-hmm. running on that treadmill. Yeah. And, and I don't know anybody who, because they all lie about how they use Twitter, but I know how people use it. I don't know anybody who has a healthy relationship with Twitter. We're like, okay, I'm here for 20 minutes. Hell yeah, I got caught up. Close out the app and you go forward. If you're on Twitter, you're a Twitter person. Yeah. You know, every, because we're all addicts. Because people be like, well, I'm, I'm not on Twitter that much. But then they'll know about this like really obscure meme. That unless you're online, <laughs> right. like motherfucker, you didn't, you, right. nobody else knows about this unless you're on Twitter. And you're, yeah. you're there. We, you're busted. It's, it's hard. But the flip side is you do objectively like learn. Like I've objectively would say my life is way better because of Twitter mm-hmm. in terms of things I've learned, ideas I've been exposed to and cultures, experiences and everything else. But it would be, my life would be even better if I were on Twitter for two hours a day instead of probably literally 13 hours. 13 hours. Yeah. 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 12 hours. Yeah. Literally. Like that's not an exaggeration. Like you wake up, you're on it. And, oh, no, and then I'm even just, when you're away from it, you're like, okay, but where's my phone? It's been a half an hour. Something probably happened. I, 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 say, I was going crazy the first 24 hours because yeah. I was so accustomed to every, what, two minutes? It's yeah. be like, notifications. I have to see, yeah. like, I, I had nothing to look at. Yep. And nothing to look at. I went to a seminar, a very intensive, like, mindset seminar, MITT Mastery and in Individual Transformation, yes. whatever. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah, 2014 I did that. Yeah, yeah. great. Uh-huh. Okay, great event. Mm-hmm. We should do a podcast on that one time. Great event. Yeah, and my partner was like, dude, you look like you're twitching a little bit. And I even realized it because you're not allowed to have phones during the workshops. And I was like <laughs> unconsciously like moving my hands or something, trying to grab my phone, even though I knew it wasn't in there. It becomes, it, it really does. That's why I become probably more sympathetic to simulation theory is because mm-hmm. Twitter is a simulated reality. Because it yeah. does impact how you feel. You read things on Twitter, sticks and stones that might break your bones. Bullshit. You know, when people are being mean, do you feel it? doesn't mean you quit life, but you definitely feel it. And it's not so hard to realize that maybe what we're in now is a Twitter of some other person. We're just their avatar. <laughs> well, I think it's been great to have Alexander here and, and very topical because of you know what's going on. But you know, more importantly, it's a, it's a great mindset lesson because you know you take a hit, but then you're the kind of guy that's just going to rise up and be even greater or better at whatever your craft is and whatever it becomes. I mean, it's just not that big of a deal, but some people would really, really. And so it's so great to see you in that mindset. I I monetize my account. I mean, going beyond that, like I've, the worst, probably the worst moment of my life was like going to jail, being a convicted felon, getting out, just not having shit to show for myself. And that was, you know, that was over 10 years ago. At various points, like, yeah, I've gone broke before, lived out my car. But if, if this is me going broke at this point, I'm like, okay, I got money in the bank. I got 20,000 people on the email list. Yeah. I got, I'll say the best motherfucking circle of friends in the world. Yep. I got brand name recognition across multiple channels. I got other accounts. I got, I have all these research up. I'm like, this, this is actually, this is Twitter broke. This is a great spot to be in. Yeah. Really great. And that's such a great mindset to have and, and, and really a great lesson out there. So, uh, both Mike and I really appreciate you taking the time I to, appreciate to you guys come having see me on. us and Thank you. talk with us. My so. pleasure. Oh, one more time before we go. Cortez, C-O-R-T-E-S dot S-I-T-E. That's right. You want to, and, and my final piece of advice before you leave is you almost want to say it so frequently that it's like, like cliche. So when people make fun of me, they're like, oh yeah, hi, I'm Mike Cernovich, GorillaMindset.com, Cernovich.com, <laughs> yeah. right? But it's like, you remember, motherfucker. Yeah, you know, so, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Thanks again. Yeah, thank you. Thanks, guys.